the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty. Just getting ready for this show, and I like to read all the news that comes out on the, you know, the dump before the, before the show starts. Hagar Shea. Who the hell is Hagar Shea? Uh, he's a Democrat mafia member who has $400 billion of government money to give to these green energy boondoggles. And this is the reality of where we are on the eve of Independence Day. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitled them. I agree with Mel Gibson. It's time to break the bands because... The Mafia Party, you're full of these crooks, right in front of your fracking face, and you're either too stupid to see it, or you want some of that government cheese. In either case, you're not good enough for me. You're not good enough to take our tax money and burn it on your drug addicts, on your rats, on your welfare. It's just not good enough anymore. So I don't want to talk about the election. You stole it. You stole the election. And now we're supposed to be wooed by the never-Trumpers like Chris Christie. They're going to bring reason in the middle of the road. You see, Chris Christie, you're a joke, not just because you're 500 pounds of flab and blubber, but because you're a con artist. And I remember, I know who you are. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. Um, I am proud to be here to endorse Donald Trump for president of the United States. Uh, I'm doing this for a number of reasons. Uh, Your fat ass needed a job. And you were a bust out. You never worked in your miserable existence like 99% of the government scourge. And the beauty of Trump is that he was somebody who was never elected before. That's the beauty. That was the recipe that at least saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives through war crimes that our government commits, whether there's Republicans or Democrats in charge. And that reminded me of what the idiot, Dementia Face Joe, said prior to the Supreme Court uh, decisions. Was mistakes during the withdrawal and before? No, no, all the evidence is coming back there. Remember what I said about Afghanistan? I said Al Qaeda would not be there. I said it wouldn't be there. I said we'd get help from the Taliban. What's happening now? What's going on? Read your press. I was right. No, in the meantime, well, we lost. We lost tens of thousands, literally tens of thousands of American soldiers injured. The argument is between eight. And a half thousand to 12,000 killed in the boondoggles in the Middle East. Because I remember when the other idiot, the other moron, who was a Republican, hated the Taliban. And that's why we invaded Iraq, wasn't it? Thanks to our military and our allies, 
and the brave fighters of Afghanistan, the Taliban regime is coming to an end. Well, now they got a country, and we lost, what, trillion dollars? Not to mention the thousands of American boys killed, the tens, if not hundreds of thousands of American boys maimed, not to mention the hundreds of thousands of Iraqis dead, and nobody can tell me why. So the nice thing about Donald Trump is he was a respite from that kind of corruption. It didn't make sense to him. He's used to other kinds of government corruptions where you bribe a typical Democrat whore like Rahm Emanuel or Ed Burke. You pretend they're men and you get a deal on your building. That's what he's used to. But Chris Christie, the fat slob, is the same pig that shut down the beast, the beaches for everybody else while him and his homely wife and the rest of their kids went to the beach and, I guess, bathed. You're lucky Greenpeace wasn't there to shove your fat ass back in the water. In the meantime, you're out fighting for the working man, huh, fatso? Chris Christie again taking shots at frontrunner Donald Trump. Lauren, what's he uh, saying now? He says he's, I can't believe I'm going to say this on television. Okay. Uh, he's the cheapest SOB really? I've ever met in my life. You see, that's, I wanted to play that for a very specific reason. These government employees, these government politicians, they don't pay for anything. So when it comes to cheap... That's what a man is with his own money. But see, fat pigs, slobs, corrupt Democrat whores, they spend everyone's money and pretend to be men. See, I think that's the biggest problem I have with this fat, useless fraud that he is. He's not a man. You're not even close to a man. Not just because you can't do a push-up and forget about a sit-up. How the hell is a beach ball going to do a sit-up? But because you've never earned a dollar in your life. And that gets me thinking about all of them. All of them. They've never worked in their lives. So if we're going to fix things, we're going to need somebody who knows what it's like to earn money and lives under an oppressive system, the kind that we're supposed to be celebrating tomorrow, that we got rid of, that confiscates every aspect of property, that works tirelessly to eliminate private property. And that's really what we're up against. He should take a pledge today to instruct his campaign to no longer spend any public money on his legal fees. He's the richest candidate in this race, yet he is using public money to pay his legal I want a forensic audit of just this slob's meals. Because the people who are dumb enough or who are the companies that get shaken down by his used-to-be power, they're the ones who buy this 500 pounds of blubber. First is uh, that Donald and I, along with Melania and Mary Pat, have been friends for over a decade. Uh, he has been a good and loyal friend to our family, as we have been to he and his family. And over the years, we've had a lot of wonderful times together, um, done a lot of good together. for not Because he was Trump's whore. Trump used to buy him like he bought Chuck Schumer, like he bought Rahm Emanuel, like he bought that short-in-the-pants gangster Ed Burke. This is the problem with Trump. He should have known what he was dealing with. But he's got a hard time, a hard time learning to stop hanging around with scum. Being twice this week as an example that Russia is losing the war to Iraq. Twice. Not, you know, you can make mistakes on occasion. Even Lindsey down here, Senator Lindsey Graham. We love Senator Graham. We're going we're gonna to love him. Love him. See, this is the part where I think he's making fun of us. We're never going to love him. Lindsey Graham is a coward, side sale coward on that. Lindsey Graham doesn't care about the hundreds of thousands of soldiers that he's 
not only changed the course of life for, but have ended the course of life. Lindsey Graham is a war criminal. Donald Trump is not, but yet he surrounds himself with these scum and these scallywag like Roger Stone and the rest of it. So this is going to boil down to, once again, tolerating Donald Trump, and it's worth the toleration because he's the only one that's a man in the entire race. The only one, aside from Vivek Ramaswamy, who by the looks of it isn't going to stand a chance because guys like Chris Christie, never Trumper frauds, they're going to do their job. You haven't said whether or not you'd rule out pardoning him if you became president. I think I, I, I don't think it's responsible to say it, Why Caitlin, not? but what because having had the pardon power before, I will tell you what my inclination is. I don't think if he gets a fair trial that there's going to be any grounds to pardon him. And so my so in other words, you think he's innocent. You see, I speak swindler scum. I'm from Chicago. I know how to speak it. So in other words, you think he's innocent, right? Fatso? Inclination is I don't think I would pardon him. Now, if I thought that he got an unfair trial, if I thought there were things that happened that led to an unfair result, then that's a different story. Um, but so then you get to be God rather than just deciding in the beginning. Is he being prosecuted or persecuted? But you don't want to admit that he's being persecuted, not prosecuted, because he spotted the con, not just the foreign policy con, but the so-called election Con, which is really a selection of the lesser of two evils, where the government industrial complex of corruption wins all the time. To me, this is the most destructive thing he's done. People want to believe the president of the United States, right? And even when it's a president that I don't agree with. It's Jason, right? James. Sorry, James. James, even when it's a president, we don't. If he was delivering you a pizza, you'd know his name. Agree with if it's something really important. We want to believe them. Because we also want to believe that they know stuff that we don't know. And so if they're telling us something, and that's when it was over for me with Donald. When he stood behind the seal of the president in the East Room of the White House at 2.30 in the morning on election morning and said the election was stolen. Anybody who says it wasn't can go stand in the corner with the dummies. And as for you, never Trump or scum. When I talk about breaking the political bands that bind us, I'm talking about you, useless pseudo-intellectual frauds. Go stand in the corner with your Democrat masters because you're twice as culpable. You pretended to know better. And then there's the phony virtue of not just pretending to know better. But Chris Christie represents all the fat people out there. He took aim at your weight. What was your reaction to that? Oh, well, like he's some Adonis. Um, I mean, please. Uh, you know, look. Howie. Next to you, he's Jack LaLanne. What is that fat you get from your thigh? How do you get fat from your crotch region up to your boobs? How does that happen for a man? Huh? Yeah. yeah. There are tens of millions of Americans out in your audience watching right now who, like me, have struggled with their weight. True. I continue to struggle. I continue. You're not struggling. You were struggling with your weight 30 years ago. You're maintaining your weight. To be 500 pounds, to be like J.B. Pritzker, you're not struggling. That's maintaining. You're eating, from what I can tell, every 90 minutes. Try to do better, um, and so do they. And what's that got to do with my competence for office? Because you're not smart enough to figure out the ramifications of your actions. See, I'll help you here. You can't figure out by stuffing the tiramisu in your mouth as an appetizer. It's not good for the end game. Kind of like... The foreign policy of this country, kind of like Lindsey Graham, you can't figure out the beginning. So you're never going to figure out the end results.
So you're going to be just like Madeleine Albright, just like every warmonger, just like every fraud, and you will enrich the mafia and impoverish the people. We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. Now burn in hell for a thousand millenniums, you war criminal scum. And by the way, I think the military industrial complex, they donated a lot to your party, almost as much as the Republicans. So if you want to break the duopoly, you're going to have to figure out somebody who can figure out the consequences. And there's only one person in this race, one, whoever put a hiccup in the foreign policy murder and mayhem. And that's Donald Trump. So Donald Trump should get the support of anybody who wants that to stop. Now, I can speak truth to Donald Trump. First thing we're going to have to do is get him to stop hanging around with scum, Donnie. I know it's half and half, but when I need some of those liberal votes, he's always there to help me get them. No, 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 no. We're going to have to help him a lot. He doesn't get any liberal votes. He gets the Chris Christie, never Trumper, corporatist scum vote. And you see, on this eve of the 4th of July, it's time to break the political bands that bind us. Now we'll work on the rest throughout the day. Decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know what that's called in the White House? The thing about the thing from this dementia patient. And anybody that can't admit that not only is Joe Biden a thief and an asset of enemies foreign and domestic, but he is unfit to serve because he is suffering from a mental deficiency. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Yes, I saw the article. Apparently the crack-smoking, sister-in-law-banging bag man of dementia-faced Joe, known as Hunter, filmed himself doing 172 miles an hour in Las Vegas in his Porsche while smoking crack. I believe Democrats call that ambidextrous. That's Democrat ambidextrous. Well, it turns out they got a little, they got a little powder in the White House. Boy, what did I say the other day? What did I call Washington, right? Hookers and crackheads and... Dope fiends. How to escape the heat if you don't have an air conditioner. This only takes five minutes. Easy. We don't want to know about air conditioner. Trim that down there, honey money. In the meantime, let's go to this fat slob again. Not only the people of the state of New Jersey, but for many charities that we've worked with and on together. Um, And I I absolutely appreciate him as a person um, and as a friend. Secondly. Yes, Helsman, Sulu, what do you you want? You are a douchebag. That's right. A douchebag. Like every other never-Trumper scum. Tony Riverside. Hi, Sean. Hi. Hey, uh, I burst out laughing about the comment about Greenpeace when he was on the beach. That was awesome. Oh, did you ever see that picture? He shut the whole beach down. For, for, it, it was I the know! Dead, and that fat <laughs> bastard with his wife, I'll tell you what. Whew, she's never looked at his face when they're doing it. That's for sure. Go ahead. Was a great line. Listen, I was listening to the end of Sud Gorka's show today, and some gentleman called in, 
And you know how they always, the Dems always accuse conservatives of things they have done themselves? That's the trick of every life. Remember how concerned they were that if Trump lost, he wouldn't leave the White House? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So that's why they're going to do all these lawsuits to make him look like he is not able to and take not, and, and, and all of the people who are thrown into homelessness, all of the people who are thrown into poverty and drug addiction, they'll never look at how much money they swindle in their eco-Nazism that has led to bulldunk. Seventy years of funneling trillions of American taxpayer dollars into schemes like Solyndra and the rest of it. And these idiot Democrats, these morons, they don't give a rip. Right. They don't give a rip. Right. They deserve what they get. It's time to break the political bands. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be very frank. I have zero tolerance for scum around me. Zero. I don't care if it's related to me. I don't care if I grew up with it. If you are a drug addict, if you are a drunk, I don't want you within a thousand feet of me. Stay away from me. If only more people in this country had that. Now we have in a White House, not only a crack-smoking, whoremongering son, I think the whole damn administration is on the... Yeah, y'all. So we do have a situation. Apparently it's a hazmat on West Executive. There goes the Secret Service command vehicle. Oh, down there, guys. There we go. That's West Executive. And the hazmat crew has deployed on West Executive. That is the road between the White House and the Eisenhower building. And that's where the hazmat team is deployed. Okay, so we have a full hazmat response going down West Executive. That's kind of rare, yeah. That's the road that's uh, right next to the West Wing. We have a result on the demo. We have a yellow bar stating cocaine, hydrochloride. Staff number 53. It's like the Clintons. There's blows. <laughs> there's, there's blow and batteries in the White House drawers. It's just like the fr- fracking Clintons. These are low rent scum of the earth. Truly scum of the earth. Oh, God, they make me sick to my stomach. Greg, I'm out, Grandma. Oh, hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. All right. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, all right. Hey, listen, these three-letter agencies and all these different uh, uh, laws, supposed to be law, you know, uh, you know um, organizations and everything like that, they're all so political, but it's political to a point where it's like they're all one-sided and super political. But here's the problem. This is all tax money. These of course people- it is. So let me make your point for you. The Secret Service has been along for the ride with this dimwit in diapers since before his dementia really started eating his brain. They were there in the Ukraine. You remember all these times? Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. He was there. They were there at the meetings with Soros. They sat idly by as the princeling Hunter Biden not only shook down communists, but had the crack and the hookers. What'd they do? Gats on ghoul, they did. And we're paying them. And we're paying their rent in Malibu. It's a cushy gig, if you can get it. It's like that Capitol Police. And every once in a while, you get to kill somebody and get away with it. Scum of the earth. The whole fracking government. It is time to break the political bands that bind us. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. I revoke my consent to be governed by this third world banana republic mafia. Do you?
312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Part of the most uh, obvious and aggravating aspect of the Democrat mafia is that the political whores are stealing money and they're all very rich. People do not care that a bust-out like Joe Biden, four years after he became a senator, bought a DuPont mansion. Nobody gives a rip. They don't care that he now has at least three property investments, each one worth $4 million. Nobody asks how. Maxine Waters is one of my favorite, not just because she looks like Ann Esther and can sour milk by looking at it, but because she's another most obvious corrupt whore. Maxine Waters, they estimate her, her worth at over $10 million. Her husband, the most unlucky man, uh, next to Jan Schakowsky's husband. You want to talk about guys that thought of the dimmer switch. Make it darker in here. She's naked. Uh, these guys themselves, uh, Maxine Waters' husband, Sid Williams, is worth an estimated $7 million. And when it's estimated, times it by three and you're probably close. But she's down with the struggle. Of the bust-outs. The lady from California is recognized. I yield myself such time as I may consume. Oh, boy. It's like Chris Christie with a cheeseburger. I'll have as many as I can consume. Go ahead, ugly. I'm in strong opposition to H.R. 3534, the MAGA Housing Scam Act which follows the blueprint of the GOP tax scam by helping the wealthy at the expense of the middle class. What I could understand through her dentures and her lisp and her whatever the hell is going on in her kisser. Oh, boy. Um, What she's against is the tax. I don't even like the word incentives. The, 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 The real tax burden on people who buy property, you know, who pay taxes yearly. What she doesn't like is that they can deduct that against income and they can depreciate assets. And what this imbecile doesn't understand is the velocity of money or inflation rates. That's way above her pay grade, although she's worth 10 million plus. What she doesn't understand is she's destroying the principles of owning property, the covenant of an ad valorem tax system, mainly in the Democrat sewers, destroying the average man, Illinoisans all of whom their home hasn't gone up in 20 years. If you inflationally adjust, add the tax and depreciation. Maxine Waters, who's worth $10 million, wants to take away your tax advantages on your income for owning and, double, and paying double taxes, and in most cases triple. Maxine Waters says, you're rich. Let's take it away. She's a whore, a moron, a self-enriching, self-aggrandizing, like a Democrat. And she'll win every time because the people in these districts are educated in their education system. And they're absolute and total morons. And that's just the fact. And it reminded me of what uh, Andy Rooney of 60 Minutes said right before he had to retire. Now it's time for the four R's. Reading, writing, arithmetic, and Rooney. We spend more than any country in the world on education. A lot more. We've raised teachers' salaries. We've built- By the way, Squirrel, this was in the 90s. Built new schools. We've introduced new systems. And yet, a lot of kids aren't getting much education. If I get in a taxi in New York City and the driver is Haitian and went to school in Haiti, one of the poorest countries on earth, he's always better educated than a driver who grew up and went to school in New York City. Now, how does that happen? 
We must be the world's leader in education. And we must revolutionize America's schools. My plan will give parents more choice, give teachers more flexibility, and help communities create new American schools. Well, I don't think we need new American schools. I don't think teachers need more flexibility, whatever that means. I think I know what the problem is, and politicians don't dare say it. The problem is, we got a lot of dumb kids. Dumb kids are hard to teach. The best teachers in the world can't teach a fence post. These kids weren't born dumb. They were brought up dumb. Their mothers and fathers, if they had a father around, never made it clear how important an education is. Parents don't care, so the kids don't care. Maybe we ought to encourage some mothers and fathers to go to school at night instead of watching television. This isn't two or three kids at the bottom of the class we're talking about. This is about 50% of all the kids in the country. For better schools, what we need isn't a better educational system. It isn't better teachers. What we need is better students. And to get better students, we have to start with better parents. Bye. Lost his job not long after. No, he, they were able to uh, continue his little segments. He did get sent on a sabbatical after that because it's the truth. And he exposed why we are where we are today, 32 years ago. And he understood only morons would not see the grift of the obvious scum. He's a grown man. He is the smartest man I know. I mean, in terms of pure intellectual capacity. First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. He's a crack-smoking bag man. And you're an asset of the Chinese Communist Party and oligarchs. And there's still people in this country that voted for your dementia-ridden ass. Uh, where are we going to go? Mike in Barrington. Sean, how are you? Splendid. How's Barrington, Boyd, aside from expensive? It's good. It, it's, you know, nice, kind of like out in the country here. Sure, uh, sure. Wide open. Parts of it I are I left an 8-iron at Stonehenge in uh, 1997. Could you see if it's there for me? Ping, red dot. Well, I had it at McCray there last week for you. <laughs> oh, good, good. Uh, you know, I, I it was at the auction table. It's up to like, I don't know, the bid was up like five grand on the thing. <laughs> well, I, it hit a lot of great shots back in my day. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, really enjoyed that and uh, meeting the Tunnel to Towers guys and what they represent and stand for. Frank and Tom, appreciation, yeah. yeah. Appreciating our vets and our first responders. And, uh, I think it's what it's all about this weekend, you know, Independence Day, and the people who appreciate the freedoms that people have fought and died for and, and, and want to continue that and I just wanted to call in and, and give you a shot in the arm, not that you need one. You're pretty Thank fired you. up most of the time anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I'm revoking my consent to be governed by this mafia, just much like our ancestors revoked the consent to be governed by that pretend blue blood mafia. I like it. Thank you very much, Mike. Way to stay on theme. Uh, Eduardo, Tampa Bay, Florida. Whoopee, yeah. How about that race yesterday, having that race? Blue Cross wants to have that race because, you know, their name's all over that. But Yeah, Blue Cross is, to, a, is, a, is the one who wrote Obamacare and one of the, the few oligarch companies that profited immensely as their premiums were jacked up 400% and they had to pay out less. Go ahead. Right. I was going to say, 
How about this um, rioting that's happening in France? So you have uh, immigration, unemployment, as you know, two issues over there. And this, you can relate this to what's happening here. We can't even get airlines uh, staffed properly. And have I've been noticing too? Anybody going to fast food? It's yeah. tremendously high. I almost feel like I'm having a uh, hamburger in a hot dog at a high end restaurant. Bidenomics is working. It's working to destroy the American economy, enrich his paymasters, his Chinese Communist Party, and we're sending hundreds of billions to the corrupt oligarchs in the former Soviet Union called Ukraine. It's working famously. That's what he was paid to do. He's delivering. He's destroying America, and he's enriching the other countries because he is a traitor. Thank you very much. That's what he did. And by the way, where's that clip, honey bunny, of NATO? And how do you say his name? Garbashavelli. Well, they asked this NATO executive, uh, exactly how did this whole thing start? And he must not have gotten the crib notes from the American war profiteers. Why do you think Russia launched that invasion of Ukraine in 2022? I think everybody, everybody knows the reason. Uh-oh. I'm not sure I do. What, what do you think it is? I think you know it well. And the, <laughs> the audience knows it. Uh, one of the main reasons were NATO, right? NATO enlargement, right? Uh, and many other reasons. You, you think that NATO enlargement provoked the, the war? Well, I'm, I don't want to speculate, okay? And I don't want to quote the uh, statements of the uh, Russian government. But one of the reasons was uh, Ukraine's uh, will and determination to become a member of NATO. Uh, and um, so, therefore, we see the consequence set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent. The traitor delivered. And now we're at war. We don't have one war correspondent. We have no idea the amount of hundreds of thousands of Russians and Ukrainians that have been killed. And I don't mean just the Ukrainians that were killed by their government prior to this in the eight-year civil war. I'm talking about in total. And now you just feed the propaganda machine. And what's Chris Christie going to do about it? Huh, Fetzo? You're going to keep the party rolling, aren't you? Never Trump or scum. Uh, David Lansing. Hey, Sean. Happy Independence Day. One of the few holidays not ruined fully yet. No. Uh, you know what? The, every uh, country's got the 4th of July, but only one has an Independence Day. Go ahead. I got you. They're ruining the language, too. They're calling it the 4th of July. Anyway. Well, yeah. um, it's easy to do when you have Democrat morons teaching kids. You're lucky we're, we're not worse off. Right. You brought up... Uh, the crack smoker doing 180, 180. You know. 172 in a Porsche, in a Porsche double turbo Cayenne. 100. It retails for 143,000. Wow. How did he buy it? How did he buy it? Scum. You know, my, my question is, um, I see a theme among a lot of Democrats. I think they're using more drugs than Republicans. But you know, my question is, people in government, do you think they're legalizing? marijuana for not only the tax revenue but to dumb their constituents down so they can are you asking a rhetorical question you couldn't get a potato in the soviet union but you could get vodka everywhere that's how you keep people nice and stupid that's why you have kids that never never had to pay anything in their lives claiming they have anxiety morons breeding morons andy rooney was right 312-642-5600 
I was just listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560, The Answer. You have to look out for everything. You have to be suspicious of any time somebody for the government opens their fracking mouth. But what's nice about having the Democrats in there is that they're so stupid, they expose their own scams. There is a huckster, an economic fraud by the name of Bernstein. He looks as stupid as you'd think he would. I believe his first name is Jared, like the guy from Subway who liked the kids in the park. So Jared... No relation to the pedophile, although could be a twin brother. Bernstein had a Freudian slip a couple weeks ago, and I played it for you then. I'm going to play it for you now. In fact, if you look at the Investment Reduction Act, the... The Inflation Reduction Act is what it was passed under, but it is the Investment Reduction Act. As you hear this milk sour Ann Esther Maxine Waters talk about destroying one of the few benefits to owning real estate... Um, Home ownership is a quintessential. Oh, boy. I'm not going to put you through it. She is so stupid. However, by destroying the advantages of holding real estate, real estate investment is down. In fact, commercial real estate investment year over year. So I'm not even going back to when the economy was good and strong before COVID. Year over year, it's down 57%. The Federal Reserve has told you if you're going to borrow money, we're going to massively increase it to a rate in the shortest period of time in the in country's history. Investment reduction is down. The Investment Reduction Act worked. The investments, there's no point to it, especially if your government is working actively hard to take money away from you and enrich their base of welfare sloth. Hey guys, it's your girl Shalana back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to discuss the free cash this week. And I'm talking about $3,000 in financial assistance for families. We have guaranteed income programs, $1,500 for grocery assistance. I have a li- So that's how they stay alive. That's how they stay afloat. And when they lose, they circumvent. They lie and they cheat and they steal. And then they wrap it in a virtue shield, a Trojan horse. Congresswoman, you've called on President Biden to expand the Supreme Court to 13 justices. But even after uh, Roe was overruled last year and this past week, what we saw with affirmative action and other uh, cases, I want you to listen to what President Biden said. He said this on Thursday on MSNBC. I think if we start the process of trying to expand the court, we're going to politicize it maybe forever in a way that is not healthy. That you can't get back. That you can't get back. I'd like you to respond to that. And also, you mentioned a moment ago, judicial review. Uh, are you also saying that the justices' uh, power should somehow be limited? I, I truly do. And this is not a new... No, you... You are your. Okay. Um, this is not a new development in history. This is part of our system of checks and balances. The courts, if they were to proceed without any check on their power, without any balance on their power, uh, then we will start to see an undemocratic and frankly dangerous authoritarian expansion of power. You mean like you were under COVID when you were forcing people to lose their jobs and put an experiment in their arm or when you take their money and you enrich your friends or when you steal your own campaign money and have such a infrastructure of corruption around you in the in the investigative body that they turn a blind eye 
as you get engaged to the campaign guy that stole the money. You mean like that, dummy? And don't forget, remind me, Squirrel, later in the show to get to the Chicago older woman who shares the same national origin as this Marxist fraud. She's another Marxist as she was making fun of Italians. Don't let me forget that today. We're going to get into that. I'm running out of time. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. What I wanted to do is uh, wish you and your family and uh, all your listeners and the 560 crew uh, happy and safe for it. Oh, and then I would also... I would also like to say, as we uh, <clears throat> celebrate our independence, everyone should remember this uh, quote from uh, Ronald Reagan. He said, if we ever forget, <clears throat> excuse me, he said, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Yeah. Have a good night. He was. He should have called him Karnak after that speech. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM five sixty. The answer from the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned, and now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America. He's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I've had the pleasure of talking to our next guest before. He released a book two years ago this month, An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. He's working on a new book now, The School of Woke, How Critical Race Theory Infiltrated American Schools and Why We Must Reclaim Them. He is also the president of Color Us United, and he's a renowned commentator on education, identity politics, and our culture's war on meritocracy. He was involved with the case against Harvard. His name is Kenny Chu. Kenny, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for what you did. How involved were you? What was your role in that? Was it based uh, a lot of it on your history of fighting um, the, the the corrupt oligarch that we pretend is our government? My role was to disrupt the decrepit logic that the other side was trying to say that Harvard didn't discriminate against Asians or that discrimination against Asians is okay or that the Supreme Court should rule for Harvard for some reason. And as my, in my capacity as board member of Students for Fair Admissions, which is the group that won against Harvard, I really publicized this nationally, and that's why you see my book, An Inconvenient Minority, on shelves and people really rallying to this cause uh, because they, they care about meritocracy, and that's what we need to say. There are so many Americans that don't even know we are one or we're supposed to be one. They can't figure out why we're the youngest and the richest. They can't figure out why people who have been part of societies that have been around for thousands of years under mediocrity and servitude come to this country and succeed. It is a, it is a, a basic lack of education, a basic lack of character, or a combination of both. I think that it is, I think that, when there is mediocrity in this country, and this country produces excellence from all groups, but when there's mediocrity, it has a lot to do with education, I would say. It has a lot to do with education. It has a lot to do with family structure. What Asian Americans proved, because they came here with basically nothing, 
um, no no social status, no so, no connections, not even language usage. Vietnamese American, eighty percent of them don't even come here speaking English. Yet they're some of the highest income earning groups. Their sons and daughters, and they just start businesses. They start restaurants. They really train their kids in uh, deferred gratification. Is one of those principles, and that is those are classic American hard work principles, and that's pretty much inculcated across most of society. It's just that elite America does not recognize that. Do you know what's sickening is the ignorance of the American to not understand the history that America has with the servitude that the Chinese, the Japanese, all kinds of Asian people were put in because it was in the South. You really didn't get the attention of the people who were put in the very similar, if not same circumstances in the East. Why do you think that is? The ignorance to know what your people, how integral you were in the building of the West? Well, I think it's because, you know, Chinese Americans, Asian Americans in general, you know, have, have been, have not been a very large part, you know, population-wise of this country. Now, that is changing. Asian Americans are now at 8% of this country. That's pretty high. That's definitely not insignificant. And what it's showing is that we cannot look at this country anymore in the realm of black and white. Um, affirmative action is a policy that only even is conceivable in a black and white world. It's like, you see, maybe if the their historically oppressor group takes from the historically oppressed group, you know, then we have to reverse that. But in a truly multiracial, multicultural world, affirmative action doesn't make any sense. Because now you're taking from the group that is innocent of all of these kinds of things um, in order to satisfy people, many of whom are actually black immigrants, many of whom are not descendants of slaves, um, and then it gets really messy from a justice perspective. But I argue affirmative action in general is just a bad policy, even if of course it was a decided world. Yeah. yeah. You mean racism is bad? I mean, do you believe we even have to have this discussion, Kenny? It's just nauseating to me. But I, I think back to how ignorant Americans are. Um, all cultures suffered under ghetto living. All of them. I'm half Italian. The Italians were not considered Caucasian until 1965. The largest lynching in this country by the government were Italians in Louisiana. It's why we've originally had Columbus Day. I'm only half Italian. The other half of my family has been here forever, and they were a lot of them were in the West, and they don't understand the slavery, the insanity that the Chinese Americans, among with other Asians, and how, how truly integral in the railroads and the rest of it. And yet the Chinese Americans and the Asian Americans never asked for reparations. They never asked for any special program. They really kind of stood among themselves and succeeded always. Is that the real sin? Is that they were good at succeeding and didn't ask for anything, no handout? Uh, no, it's not a sin. It's, not, it's, not, it's how this country was built. It's how this country was built. Same thing, I could say the same thing with Chinese Americans, you know, facing Chinese exclusion, everything like that. And yeah, black Americans as well. But the, is the solution reparations? No, the solution is you have to build back the cultures of excellence within each of these groups. And you have to reward excellence. You have to teach your kids, hey, if you're, um, if you're, if you're living in a victimized situation right now, you, you have the responsibility to take yourself out. Because really, if you live in America, you're living better than 99% of the world, regardless of what class you're in. So better take advantage of what you have already. And what's funny is all of the countries that the people flee that makes us multicultural, all of them have a government 
that wields virtue. At least it pretends it does. But what it really does is corruption, whether it's China, whether it's Africa, where there's still slavery, whether it's Italy, the original hub of of the original fascism and the rest of it. So I'm shocked at the Americans disdain for their own principles that made them the youngest, the richest, the freest and their acceptance of the ideology that destroyed China, Africa, Italy, Europe, pick a pick a continent. Um, that's the part that is shocking to me. And is it because they have been successfully um, propagandized that, they, that we're at this point? Or are they now starting to figure out through the case you just won that no one gets to be racist, even the government? I think that it's a combination of those things. Look at the way that we educate kids in our country right now. Uh, critical race theory is on the rise. It basically says America is an inherently racist country. This is now the curriculum being taught to black and Hispanic kids across the nation. In my new book, School of Woke, I analyzed this phenomenon. It comes out August 1st. You can buy it now. But the reason why is because they do not want these children to succeed. They prefer that these children are just passed along instead of encouraging them and pressing them to go. They would rather support mediocrity in these inner city schools. When you actually talk with these teachers, they say they're overwhelmed because their best students can't don't learn because they're really repeatedly dragged down by their worst students in the policies of these schools. So, yeah, I am interested in taking on minority education. I do think a lot of it is propagandization right now. Well, it's the other thing, too. If you could tap the the worst quality in humanity, the 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 jealousy and to covet, you can stoke up support for the government stripping a man from his property in the idea you're going to redistribute it to the people who view themselves as entitled. And it's really a psychological experiment we're watching. I thought we were beyond this as the philosophy of government supremacy not only ends in servitude, but ends in absolute abject poverty. And I'm wondering, how has China, in your opinion, been able to pull off this illusion of success, knowing full well that the inhabitants of China are stripped of many, many rights. How have they been able to put lipstick on the pig of communism? Well, one thing you have to know is that China copied a lot of America's free market principles, and so that has enabled it to chug along for a little while. But you also need to know that China had 1.6 billion people, and, uh, you know, for a while, it really depressed itself. It really shot itself in the foot with a thing known as Maoism, which is, by the way, the same kind of victimhood. Uh, we, hate the, we hate the bourgeoisie ideology that America is now serving on its minority students, but with class, not race. Um, so it started off from a pretty bad starting point. It has since gotten better. But, you know, uh, for sure, China is still a fragile economy, uh, their, their leading industries are still state-controlled. That is what is preventing them from really hitting its peak in terms of productivity. Kenny, when you're talking, you could replace China with America. It's the exact same government tyranny, the exact same manipulation of control under the guise of free marketism. This is the part that's aggravating to somebody like me who believes in propertyism, referred to as capitalism, that we have given away the principles, the bundle of rights of our own life. And I'm wondering, I believe it was intended 
I believe that it, that 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 China has worked with our corrupt politicians, 537 people in the right place with the right power. You can overthrow the country built on freedom. Am I being too paranoid? Am I too far down the rabbit hole? Or does China have a goal to spread its ideology across the world? Of course, China welcomes the decline of America through wokeism. Of course, China welcomes that. You know, one thing that one, one thing that our generation doesn't know, their new generation being taught, we're less entrepreneurial than we ever before. That, that's one of the things that I touched on in School of Woke. We, we, our young people right now, few, only 4% of them really start a business by the age of 35, whereas in the previous generations it was 6%, 8%, 10%. You know, now it's only 4%. Uh, we prefer to live change to... Um, you know, an employer or a government. And, you know, there is a lost sense of direction in our country, a lost sense of risk-taking for sure. And China, of course, capitalizes upon it anyway. Have you ever done, is there any data to see how many um, Asian Americans, Asian children are on uh, attention deficit medication? Uh, I don't know that data off the top of my head. But I'm, is it accepted in the culture? of the Asian Americans to put their kids on drugs to control their, their attention? Is that something that, I th- that would even be tolerated in an Asian community? No, cer- certainly not to the extent that uh, a lot of Americans do it, for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I, think I, I'm a, I think therapy is fine in this country, but I think the amount of medication that we put on our kids at an early age is horrible. How has the Chinese and Asian community writ large managed to navigate the state control of children in this climate. Why do you think that is? Uh, it's hard, and it's getting harder, uh, not just with the discrimination, but if you think about, you know, intact family values, and if you also think about, well, what happens when, you, when your child has a problem these days? I think the culture encourages our parents to, you know, put people on certain medication, you know, uh, go to psychologists that really are not advocating for the best principles of your children, but really the worst. Um, just, uh, and that's, that's something, it's all anti-family. And so, you know, Asian parents, um, it's tough to navigate these scenarios. And I, I would say that it's been done imperfectly. A lot of Asian children, you know, they aren't necessarily, they're, they're, they're doing very well to some extent, but they're also... Uh, have a lot of social issues. Same thing with a lot of Americans. Yeah. I wonder if it's that the, the, the culture in general is distrusting of government because they saw what their government has done to their people for thousands of years. And I'm wondering if it's the fact that they teach their kids from very young age to be suspicious of government rather than turn to government as a parent the way American kids are taught to do. Sort of, not really. Um, there's a lot of obedience to authority in Asian cultures. There's a lot of obedience to authority. We like to obey governments. Um, this is why a lot of Asians, by the way, go into healthcare, doctor professions. Yeah. It's a good thing for this country, right? It makes sense. But, you know, what happens when the government healthcare becomes like the way that it is today? Well, who's going to speak out? You See, know, now, and, we, and we during this interview, what we've done is we've, we've decided what the difference is in the Italian community versus the Asian community. Italians are taught never yeah. 
to talk to the government. You don't tell them anything. That's the difference. They're not obedient to the government. They will say what they have to say to go home and enjoy with their family how ridiculous and corrupt the government is. But one thing's for certain, the world is, the, the country for sure is better off because of the case you brought. And I'm wondering as you hear the plot to circumvent it and to you implement backdoor affirmative action, do you think that's going to be a good thing as you now can sue these hedge funds who in some cases have endowments of $50 billion like Harvard? Do you think it's good now that we can sue them when they practice uh, racism? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's great now. I mean, what you're going to, that's what you're going to see a lot of. You're going to see if Harvard tries to circumvent it, you're going to see a spate of lawsuits, spate of action. I might even be part of that action. I love it, Kenny. Don't forget your friends now when you get that big check. Don't forget, I sell real estate in South Florida. you got to come and live down here, at least have an investment property. In the meantime, I can't wait to buy the new book, School of Woke, How Critical Race Theory Infiltrated American Schools and Why We Must Reclaim Them. He is the president of Color Us United. And his book that made him famous, An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on the Asian American Excellent and the Fight for Meritocracy. Keep using that word. Too many Americans don't know what it means. Thank you, Kenny Chu, for what you do. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the older birthing person in Chicago, the moron, i got to look it up. I think it's Rodriguez. She's the one who did the uh, survey on Twitter, what the Italian Heritage Month should be honored for, and she put, like, Italian ice and beef sandwich. She's a fracking moron. Then they laugh and they joke about having Christopher Columbus statue removed. i got news for these rat Chicago Democrats. Columbus is too good for your sewer. Give him, give him the Elmwood Park. We'll put him in the circle. Columbus statue. You think, you, you think I want Christopher Columbus in that ghetto? You stay there, scourge and scum. And then the Puerto Rican girl is making fun of Italians. What's uh, Puerto Rico's con- contribution to America? I can't remember what it is. What is their big contribution? I don't remember. I remember the terrorists, though, in 1954. You remember that story, Squirrel? In Washington, D.C., ruthless, fanatic violence erupted in the halls of Congress. Three men and a woman, believed to be members of the Puerto Rican nationalist gang, that in November 1950 attempted the assassination of President Truman, opened fire from the visitor's gallery of the House of Representatives. And then in the 70s, there was that other one. Remember Obama let the two scum out of jail? And I think it was uh, Gutierrez, right, who was uh, my congressman for a while because they gerrymander where they draw that ghetto in Chicago to negate any Republican areas around. So you have to turn to Louis Gutierrez, who I believe moved back Oceanside with the money he stole while he was the alderman and the congressman, right? And this this low-rent rat from Chicago's alderman in the 33 ward ghetto, she's going to be making fun of Italians? Stay in your neighborhood, scumbag, so I could laugh at your big ass. Uh, Mary Evanston. Hello. Hi, Mary. Oh, you said You're Evanston. tired, Mary? Are you tired? What says Evanston on my board? Where are you from? 
Well, you know, okay, I've been undercover. I live in Evanston, but born and raised in Bridgeport. All right. So getting to the point. (laughs) All Bridgeport girls are undercover. I've been dealing with you guys since the 80s. Go ahead. (laughs) Because I don't know what brought me up to Evanston, but anyway, that's another story. Yeah, something tells me it's a guy. Go ahead. No, no, well, I can't even remember. But listen, because I know time is short for you. We live right by Santa Maria and Cornata, Chinatown, uh-huh. everything. And there's a school there run by the Chinese, which everybody wishes they could get into. Because even though it's a city school, those Chinese parents make sure their kids get a good education. They have their own little democracy here, as you know. Mary, one of my favorite relatives, my favorite cousin, married a Chinese woman. And I have a cousin who's half Italian and half Chinese, and he is a brilliant kid. And my my cousin was brilliant, the wife is brilliant, and they suffer no fools. You know, that's the difference, right? You can't suffer fools. So in other words, what I try to say is they don't let the kid talk to Democrats. That's what you do, Mary, and you know that. That's why you fled Bridgeport. You know, the, the Italian club in Bridgeport, you can't get in, even if you're Italian. It's so elitist. I could go on and oh, on. Oh, don't undersell me, Mary. I'll get in that club. You watch. In the meantime, thanks for the call. I got it, <laughs> uh, Debbie Portage, Indiana. Yes, sir. Uh, let me tell you the reason why the classroom went downhill. Uh, Democrat teachers? Who get paid like they're millionaires to sit on their ass and pass kids? Is that what you were going to say? Uh, in the, no. In the 90s, uh, they introduced PowerPoint, which eliminated us going to the blackboard, writing everything out, learning, you know, doing what we needed to do to pass. Not only uh, would they rattle off of a script, but they would tell the students, uh, read 100 pages, and then I'm going to test you in a manner that was a departmentalized test in which the whole class failed. So ridiculous. I used to have a teacher in algebra. I would argue, you know, and she was a wonderful woman. Her name was Miss Williams. And she would sit in the classroom with me after all the other kids went. And she would go over it and over it and over it. And she said, don't give me the answer you think I want to hear. Give me the answer when you understand it. And we did that for Mm -hmm. a week and a half. She was the best teacher in the world. She uh, was a woman who was instrumental in my life, as so was the principal at the time. His name was Bill Bright and Miss Costello and just interesting teachers. Did you have teachers PowerPoint back who, then? No, of course not. We didn't tolerate that stuff. Okay. Teachers, teachers okay. wanted the kids to understand it because they knew how important it was. And do you know, that woman, it didn't matter what race she was because it wasn't mine. What mattered is she had the character to make people understand. If you can't understand it for yourself, your life is going to be full of mediocrity. And teachers understood that. Now teachers, they wallow in their own mediocrity, which is why they're all a part of that mafia union with that scum sharky and his multi-billionaire father-in-law pretending to be down with the struggle. It is a fracking scam, Debbie, and Americans used to reject it. And now they accept it, but not all over. For instance, in the Republican states that reject that mafia union, they seem to be thriving. Thank you, Debbie, for the call. Bill on the south side. Yeah, Sean, I got a uh, useful purpose for Pritzker and Christie. Oh, put them in a what, are you going to open a beef stand? No, no, put them in right. diapers and have them do a Japanese sumo wrestling match. Nobody wants to see that. 
Nobody wants this. Oh, no, I enjoy seeing that. That's I mean, how many, how many queen-size oh, bed God. sheets are you willing to ruin, Bill? Come on. How are you going to put Pritzker in a diaper? you got to have a queen-size sheet and a couple of illegal aliens to help you run around them. Mark in Oaklawn. John, how's my favorite Patriot doing? You're, you're the Thomas Paine of our, of our time right oh, now. Oh, that's a big compliment, and- brother. Thomas well, Paine or I mean Joseph it. Warren. I love that son of a gun, too. You know, they shot him in the forehead because they knew if they let him live, he was going to kill them all. Go ahead. Yeah, I love you like, love you like a brother. You know, I went to go see uh, a really good movie today, uh, Sounds of Freedom with Jim Caviezel. It's about uh, trafficking, oh, yes. uh, uh, slavery. And I'll tell you what, Sean, go see it. You know what, you know what the, it was interesting? At the end of the movie, there are more slaves in this country, you know, underage sure. children, you know, yeah. being abused than there were during the Civil War. There's more slaves now and, in this and country. And you could thank the same party for the it. Civil War. The same yeah, party. I know it. I know it. Democrats. Yeah. Morons. Morons. Low life. One, one more thing. One God. more thing. What's your take? What's your take on nine one one? Do you think it was an inside job or do you think it was uh uh give me your opinion on that. I think the American government got exactly what they wanted after the tower, and I still have a problem with I found the passport. Are you you out of your fracking mind? You found the passport. It was in the cockpit. The plane went into the building, and you're telling me that the fire was so hot, that's why the building crumbled directly onto itself, right? And then I I, I got the passport. Here it is. It's on the ground. And then I, I don't like the CIA. I never liked them, the rat lion bastards that they are. And it yeah. comes to find out, what were the three of the Saudi Arabian terrorists? Three of them had, had connections financially. I don't like that. Why would they be yeah. on the payroll? You know, yeah. it's an interesting yeah. thing. The Gray Zone did a wonderful expose on it. And I think it's three that were on the CIA payroll months before it. So do I, I, I would hate to think the American government would allow so many of its people to be killed. But there's a couple ways to allow it. Right? There's a couple ways to, to turn the blind eye, which is one of my favorite expressions. And then you look at what happened afterwards. You look at the quality of our lives afterwards. And you look at the mayhem afterwards. And nobody has ever explained Iraq to me successfully. Nobody. And, and how, you know, do you, you know, how do you talk about the hundreds of, of thousands of people? Well, the Bushes. John, you know who the biggest proponent of that war was? Joe Biden. He was over in Russia soliciting oh, yeah. them to participate in the war. So they would have the oil spillage and the oil bounties. You know, those Democrats and Republicans, they're all tied together, my friend. The brother brokered and was involved in the company that got a $1.5 billion contract to build homes in Iraq, and they never put one up, and we paid the contract. Where's the money? See, this this is the beauty of Trump. Trump openly said from a debate stage for the Republican, we should have never been there. You got my vote, and it was wonderful. And all the never-Trumpers who, before Trump, would talk about these topics because they pretended to be on our team. What did they do? They sat there and watched this idiot steal the election, and they said nothing. So to me, the Democrats have always been stupid. I'm from Mulrose Park. Stupid! They're all stupid. You think you're you're winning because what? you You get a cushy job? No. You're destroying your fracking neighborhood. You're destroying the country. So Go see the movie, Sean. You'd really enjoy it. It's a great movie. Thank you very much. Michael on the south side. Sean, uh, thank you so much for taking my call. I hope you and your loved ones have a joyful and safe Michael, holiday. you're going to hold on, babe, because I got you on the chipmunk line. We'll go to a break. I'm going to take Michael. I got two other callers coming in. 312-642-5600.
sexy as a devil, even in a high-pitched voice. That's right. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Another good workout song, Squirrel. What do you give me a signal? I'm not a Pritzker. I'm not built like Chris Christie. I'll do push-ups until he can get done with six cheeseburgers, although that's not really a feat. Probably get six wrapped off. Another development on Saturday. New York officials revealed at a news conference here in the city that a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. Uh-uh. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it then. I don't believe it now. Not a word. Sandy, Chicago. Hey, um, Sean, the, it was in Pennsylvania, the guys, the, the hijackers. Uh, uh, I just played you the clip, out. Sandy. I just played you I know, you I heard clip. it too, but listen, look it up. The guy, his, his passport was also found in the, in the pit. Oh, they over found there another one? They found two of them? They found that one. That's how I, listen, man, I don't believe it, to be honest with no, you. No, I, I, I just played you the clip. I, I'm telling you, they found it. No, no, it. I know. I, a block and a half away. I, I, I got it on the ground. The guy found it. Here it is. You know I, who found I, I it? I know, but you got to look up the Oswald's guy in Pennsylvania. Third cousin. They, they found that one, too. Yeah. Oswald's third cousin found it, Sandy. <laughs> you you believe your too. government. Why are we going to Iraq? I don't know, because we said so. All right, it all makes sense to me. Thank you very much, Sandy. In fact, let's go to, uh, let's go to Clark. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. I said, well, did they find some information connecting Saddam to Al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with... Now, wasn't that what was on Trump's classified document, how they already had a, a, a plan to invade Iran? Huh? All you need now is a good excuse. Yeah, I uh, I believe everything the government told me, and I I, I think Obamacare w- w- is going to lower my interest, my insurance premiums. I do. I think it's going to expand the health care. It's all going to be great, and Social Security will be great. It's going to be great. It'll be like a trust fund, and then the money, and then fractional lending. It won't add up to a lot of debt for the country. No, no, no. It's going to be much better, and this way the government can invest in the people. How much of this bull dung you're going to buy? Frick, if their mouth is moving, it's a lie. Lori in Chicago. Hello. Hello. I, I was uh, saying that I couldn't agree more with you about the CIA because they were also responsible for getting Nixon out of office. They set him up. Well, he wasn't he was into himself any favors. You want to know what's interesting about Nixon? You take a look at the Rockefeller Summit in Park Avenue. Listen to how Nixon ran, and then he wins, and then he has the summit on Park Avenue, and then he becomes a Bush. Well, he was already a Bush. Thank you very much, Laurie. Michael on the South Side. Sean, uh, yes. thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making uh, it. I got a cool affirmative action story for you. All right. Uh, 
I was I attended uh, Ted Dabrowski's talk at last year's Freedom Summit, where I met you and several yeah, others. I remember. Uh, after that talk, uh, I, I talked to the white man and his daughter who had were sitting right in front of me, and they told me about how uh, the daughter. Uh, allegedly missed admission into one of the city's magnet schools by one point. And the city apparently told the family that if she had lived in a different neighborhood, she would have gotten into the magnet school. So instead, the father ended up sending her to St. Ignatius. Yeah, that well, I, I just, it all worked out good. But here's the thing, Michael, that makes me laugh. When you want to talk about affirmative action stories, I think the best one is Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren lied, told people because she had high cheekbones. Forget about the fact she looked like Chuck Connors or the Dutch boy, that she was a fracking Indian. And he said, okay, you know how freaking rotten you got to be? You got to be a Democrat. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so now, from the first step of this nonsense to bribe people into accepting the traitor-in-chief, Joe Biden, I never felt that it was about the kids. They don't care about the kids. It's about paying themselves off after nationally backdooring student loan industry. The government is owed $1.8 trillion, and it can't get it. The best way to commit financial fraud is to create the money in the form of debt and pay yourself off. He doesn't give a rip about these kids who have been given a disservice by their the higher education system. So that's how I saw it. My next guest sees this victory as keeping those prices to these hedge funds who often have classes called colleges down. We'll discuss it with E.J. Antonia, the Heritage. E.J., how are you? Sean, I'm sitting here wondering why I bothered to pay off any of my student debt. Aside from the character aspect of rewarding the low character, which is really the base of the Democrat Party, aside from uh, from that, why is it no one's paying attention to the fact the government doesn't know how to get its money back and it wants to have the people write another blank check and pretend to be altruistic at the same time and pay itself off? This is a financial crime. It has nothing to do with school or kids. No, absolutely. It's all about paying off the special interest. But if, if we do it explicitly, then people start asking questions and we can't have that. And that's why we have to go about it through these very you know roundabout patterns. It's, it's the same reason why the Democrats are so in the pocket of the unions. It's because the unions are also in the pockets of the Democrats. And, and if you look at it, you know, Democrats don't fight usually to increase union membership. They fight to do the opposite, to decrease union membership, because that actually keeps uh, wages high, which means uh, the, the revenue to the unions, those dues, also stay high, which means the donations to the Democrats do as well. Let's say that people are unaware of who Marty Nesbitt is or 
Alexi Janulius or the rest of the uh, the other idiot from Chicago who was the education, Artie Duncan, and they don't realize that Barack Obama is the perpetrator of a for-profit education smash and grab where they had the regulators destroy the stock prices of the for-profit colleges. They crush it down. They buy it for 10 cents on the dollar. Marty Nesbitt is the friend, and they're all invested in it. Then they alleviate the regulators regulation abuse the schools go back up in value and they at the same time they backdoor nationalize the student loan process who are paying off their friends let's say that people are too stupid to understand that were there enough people in your opinion to justify this uh phony altruism to kids who are pretending to be college educated the whole time being underserved as most of them can't figure that what i just explained to you out for themselves no, I, Sean, there is no justi- justification for this whatsoever. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And one one of the proofs for that is the fact that a household making a quarter of a million dollars could have gotten up to $40,000 in, in handout or bailout uh, out of this scam. The idea that we are somehow uh, helping the poor and the destitute here is just ridiculous. We are literally giving a handout Again, a, a, a bailout granting debt amnesty to people who have above average incomes. Well, that's what we're doing in welfare. I mean, I have the welfare queen that comes on. We've got about, I don't know, 2,000 people that have YouTube channels that they themselves make money as they t- teach people how to navigate a corrupt welfare system that is now have, has guaranteed income programs around the country. We have the federal, the cost of Obamacare. They're subsidizing health care to the tune of 7500 a year, 3000 a month and walking around money and all of it qualifying for we don't even know who. 100% of poverty rate, 200% of poverty rate. You have a welfare system in this country where 63% of Americans are subsidized in one form or another. I mean, they've kind of normalized being a welfare roach, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's now part of, of Biden's next scheme for trying to get uh, student loan forgiveness, a.k.a. taxpayer-funded uh, put in place where they're trying to alter the, the repayment plans to say, okay, instead of, you know, being, instead of paying a maximum of 10% of your disposable income, it's now going all the way down to five and, and the minimum payment on these plans is going all the way down to zero. And one of the reasons why that's so significant is that once you make a certain number of payments, even if it's a $0 payment, your debt gets forgiven. Again, AKA, that means assumed by the taxpayer. Can we sue? I mean, after all, it's another lie. They lost in court, and like the smarmy backdoor pickpocket thieves they are, they're, they're open and notorious in their corruption. So now what can we do? What, what are to the good people like you? You paid for this. I paid my kids' tuition because it was my obligation. But do the people who do the right thing, do we have standing, or have the corrupt Democrats pretending to be judges navigated a way to circumvent and alleviate the, the, the opportunity for the good people to sue the scoundrels? Well, the House of Representatives actually should have standing because any legislation that spends taxpayer money has to start with the House so they can sue and say to the courts, look, the president, the White House, the executive branch is now taking this step that is effectively going to spend money. And that has to be done through legislation, not executive fiat. So we have that. But the other issue uh, is that the president is trying to do all this through regulation. With these kinds of regulations, there's what we call a comment period 
where the public actually gets to write written comments and ask questions and ask for justification uh, for the reasoning that the, in this case, Department of Education put forward for this program. So I and literally thousands of other people wrote comments saying, look, you have not justified A, B, and C in your explanation, and you need to do that before you move forward. Now, thus far, they have provided no explanations for virtually any of the things listed in their new regulation. And so if they try to put it in place, again, without providing that justification, there is, again, grounds for them to be sued. You know, I uh, I started the show, and I always look at every newspaper article I can. I have a way of going through them, and I'm, I'm going through the Wall Street Journal, and I see this story about Yegar Shah. Never heard of this moron before, but he's another apparatchik of the mafia. And it says the Department of Energy has $400 billion of government funds that it has delegated to go out. Now, the funny thing is, E.J., is that in California, the biggest problem is they've made homelessness illegal as it has gone parabolic. Throughout the country, homelessness is up in the, in the you know, 50% range in the last three years. You could end homelessness by their, the Democrat mafia talking point of $20 billion. Are there enough people that will say, before you push out this $400 billion to your donors and this eco-Nazism, maybe you should... Take a look at some of the other things you've you've caused. And even if you wanted to put it in welfare, at least it would go to American people. Are there enough people that are aware of how much money is being stolen now that the Republicans have agreed to lift the debt ceiling? No, there's not enough people who, who are aware. And frankly, that's why more people need to be listening to your show so that they can get a clue as to what the heck is going on and how much of their money the government is spending. No, I, I think the American people are absolutely clueless because you can't tell me the public understands how much uh, debt is being put on their backs, how much in terms of future taxation is now on their shoulders because of what both Democrats and Republicans have spent over the last three years. People just have absolutely no idea because if they knew, they'd be furious and they wouldn't allow this to continue. You're in the belly of the beast, and uh, I'm sure you heard about the cocaine that was found in the White House. I'm sure it's not shocking you. But what is the mood like in Washington, D.C.? I mean, this is something that it, you know anybody with an IQ over 60 knew was unconstitutional. But the fact of the matter is there's so many political apparatchiks to the mafia on the Supreme Court. You knew they were going to get the three morons. Uh, was, were people shocked at this, or did they just anticipate it? No, I, I think most people probably anticipated it, both, both on the left and the right. And there were two reasons for that. One, it was such a ridiculous overstep by the executive branch. It was such a blatant power grab that even people on the left were very hesitant about it and didn't think it was going to work. But then also, if you listened to the oral arguments during this case, it was very, very clear uh, that everyone, except for the, the three leftist loons on the court, Everyone else, the other six judges, all had very calm and reasonable questions, and the attorneys for the, the president's side had literally no answer whatsoever. Um, Joe Biden was on tour. I guess he's launching his campaign. I'm not quite sure why they thought they could pull off the weekend at Bernie's that is the Joe Biden administration, but he made it like he always does. Every time he opens his mouth, makes an ass out of himself. Claims that Bidenomics is wor working. He embraces the term Bidenomics, yet it's clearly a failure on any measure. Um, I'm curious to know, in Washington, are they talking about the fact that he is clearly worse in, form, in, in the form of his speech 
patterns and his dementia or his ability to speak. Is this even being talked about? Because I saw on uh, ABC the cream puff connoisseur Chris Christie talk about uh, his his the fact that his mind seems to seems to be failing. Are, are is Washington D.C. and is the press writ large discussing this? Well, first, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Chris Christie several weeks ago actually sat on a bridge in Philadelphia of I-95, and it collapsed. Oh. That was very, very tragic. <laughs> yeah, it took no, him three I, weeks so, to rebuild it. They were celebrating. Yes, yes. Exactly. This is yeah. the new bridge gate for Chris Christie. Uh, nice. No, but I, so I actually had, had dinner uh, with the senator not that long ago. Not a conservative, by the way. So this is, this is not a coming from a, you know, a place of, uh, of politics here. So you paid. Go ahead. I'm sorry? So you paid for the dinner, but go ahead. That, that's actually true. You you're hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, but this this senator, again, not a conservative, said to me, Joe Biden is not well. And you know what? I, I, I think, number one, we didn't need to hear that, right? You, you know that just from watching the cameras. But the fact that, again, a sitting senator who is not even conservative would say that speaks volumes. You know, the um, the American faith in a lot of the systems whether it's health care whether it's other services that are supposedly provided for i think it's at its lowest point but health care is an interesting one um because this, this is a real failure that somehow isn't getting the attention it deserves do you think um that's on the horizon because we have more hospitals closing we have rates uh, insurance premiums going up um, we have less qualified doctors being forced into the uh, medical field, and we're coming off of a pandemic where the government practiced fascism that doesn't make any sense, and the truth is revealing itself. Do you think the American people that will be the next shoot a fall? I, you know, Sean, I, I think so. The the amount of distrust, not just like a lack of trust, but the active distrust of the medical industry, I mean, is, is really, I think, at a tipping point right now to the point where I, I talk to young families who are hesitant to give their children any kind of vaccines at all, even ones that we've had for decades, like chickenpox and polio, because they simply have that much active distrust in the medical community. And in terms of the industry, you know, looking at something like the, the purchasing manufacturers index for hospitals, that remains quite strong. Uh, employment growth is, is still pretty decent. It's better than average in, in healthcare and, 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 uh, and hospital services. But I mean, I think that as, as everything continues to go downhill, we got horrible manufacturing data today. Uh, service sector is going to yeah. be next. And I think with that, we start to see the downturn in hospitals and healthcare. Canada is having a problem with the unions and the in the um, shipping industry. Long Beach was talking about a strike, uh, and then all of a sudden, people started to get outraged when they found out the numbers, the money that is in this that they're being paid and demanding for more. I feel like the American people are getting disgusted when they look at the actual numbers that these corrupt government union apparatchiks are making. Is that maybe the silver lining as people start to watch these? ungrateful government agents demand for more, whether it's the teacher unions or the longshoremen. Have, do you think we're, we've kind of got to, to a point where they're starting to see how much money is in government corruption? 
Oh, Sean, that's such a great point. Yes, absolutely. People are looking around and they're saying, wait a second, you want to raise? Meanwhile, my paycheck, even though it's gotten a little bit bigger, it buys substantially less than it did two and a half years ago. But you want to raise and I have to be the one that pays for it? I don't think so. And that's kind of what, what I was reminded of with this this phony handout to kids who went to college. It's only 33% of Americans that ever went to college. It's it. So you're talking about a minuscule part of a minuscule part. And what do you think the Republican agenda is? Not that there is one. They're so bipolar and schizophrenic. But the GOP, shouldn't they be discussing this more? I only see two candidates talk about it. Two. That's Trump and DeSantis. I don't see anybody else even bring it up. Do you think they're afraid of it because they need the votes and they're willing to sell out like so many establishment Republicans do? Well, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll throw Ramaswamy in there as well. I, I had a meeting oh, with yeah. him last week, and, and he actually talked about abolishing the Department of Education, which, which I was just absolutely thrilled to hear him say. So, you know, the, the fact that we do have at least a few people talking about it, obviously that's an improvement. But, but you're right. It's not enough. More people need to be talking about how, how we can really kill this hydra uh, that, that is government uh, infiltrating every sector of our economy, whether it's, it's education or health care or you name it, it you know, even our manufacturing policy. EJ, you and I know each other personally, and you know that Vivek Ramaswamy is my first choice, bar none, my first choice. Do you think um, never-Trumper failures like Chris Christie, uh, like uh, the other guy with the comb over. I can't remember his name. He's irrelevant governor. Hutchinson, Asa Hutchinson. Do you think these never-Trumper frauds, even the former vice president, are pretending to run, obviously they're going to get nowhere, just to weaken a guy like Vivek Ramaswamy because in their world they want the DeSantis-Trump uh, matchup? You know, and I, I'm not sure that those people are actually going to pull votes away from Ramaswamy. I think they're more likely to pull votes away from DeSantis. And the reason I say that is because Ramaswamy has been very, very kind in his words towards and, and about President Trump, even going so far as to say that he promises to pardon Trump from the vicious and unjust prosecutions, which the former president has undergone and has challenged every other Republican yeah. uh, candidate to do likewise, to also make that promise, or if not, then justify why they won't. So, I mean, if anything, you know, maybe he does not have a path to victory, but it feels more like he's setting himself up to be a, uh, a VP pick than a, a spoiler of any kind. You can always see the morons when they visit Florida. Most of the time they have an Illinois plate, but one thing's for certain, they always have uh, the more money for Ukraine sticker on the back of their car and that transformer emblem that they have. Uh, What's the support like in Washington, D.C.? Are they aware of how many Americans realize this is a payoff to the oligarchs that bribed Joe Biden more than it is, and an expansion of NATO for that matter, more than it is any other of the sales pitches we've been propagandized? Are they aware of the real climate in this country of the people that don't want their money going to this corrupt mafia? No, they're they're not at all. But I think the only thing they're aware on on this issue, the only place where they really seem to have their finger on the pulse is Ukraine's odds of winning or at least not losing before the election rolls around. And so as as the odds of Ukraine actually being able to pull the rabbit out of its hat, uh, as that goes away, I think you're going to see the support for funding Ukraine 
continue to go away. And then once uh, it becomes clear that Russia is going to win the conflict, then it will be the old 1984. Oh, you know, we never supported funding Ukraine, right? Uh, oh, Oceania yeah. Right. has always been at war with East Asia. They'll try pulling that old trick. You know, he quietly suspends the elections. He put away the, 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 the correspondent. He wasn't really a correspondent. He just happened to be an American citizen and was talking about the corruption. He puts him in jail. I thought for sure we'd hear something, and they successfully stifled that. But uh, one thing's for sure. I know if we do get people to talk about it, it's going to be people of character, like the people at the Heritage Foundation and you. E.J. Antoni, thanks for keeping an eye on everybody and making yourself available. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Hey, have a happy fourth. You too. Happy Independence Day, brother. I'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Because the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. We're trying these traitorous bastards. I don't know, do you do you admire the way that they just openly discuss circumventing law? I had a question on the 12 months. It's not a pause, but what is going to happen in the interim for people who are uh, impacted by the decision? Sure. So it, it, you're right. It's not a pause. Uh, what we're, what we're uh, communicating to, to borrowers is, you know, the interest will start accruing and the payments are due. And if you're able to pay, pay. But we're not going to be, uh, you know, sending information to, to credit agencies or, or having folks go into delinquency. Three years have passed. 43 million Americans were waiting today for a decision on a little bit of help. And the Supreme Court shut that down. What I want to tell borrowers is this on-ramp is intended to support you, make it back to repayment with dignity, uh, and back on your feet. We want to prevent delinquencies. We want to prevent defaults. Um, That's why we did this targeted... Because they're the ones who are owed the money. This is something that needs to be discussed. Well, on national news, President Biden is moving forward with an alternative plan for student loan debt relief. After the Supreme Court blocked his initial idea, and this stems from the Higher Education Act of 1965. The act authorizes the education secretary to modify, waive, or compromise federal student loans under certain circumstances. The president says to ease the threat of default, the education department won't refer borrowers who don't pay their student loan bills to credit agencies for 12 months huh squirrel why don't you miss uh your mortgage payment or your car payment let me know how long it takes them to uh destroy your credit and start the process of seizing your assets and who else would be against this i mean aside from every decent american who understands what lending and a promissory note is who who would be against this well the democrat thinker their version of Socrates, also known as Socrates. Cornell West said uh, racists will be against this. All the folk who follow Trump are not neo-fascists, but they're conservative. And they're based, and it's motivated by one fundamental fact. They have a profound hatred of the professional managerial class that they see as the winners of corporate globalization. And they associate that with black people. What? Just string words together. None of that made sense. Here's another college degree recipient. They really didn't deserve it. This is words. Just string them together. With Jews, with All gay right. brothers, lesbian All sisters, trans. All right. And used to be Catholics, but I ran into David Duke down there, and he's now head of one of the Klan groups. That's American uh, upward mobility, American style. They have a Catholic now running the Klan when the Klan began. By- hey, 
Cornell, hey, dummy, you uh, support a president who eulogized an actual Klansman by the name of Robert Byrd, you useful idiot. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Yeah, it's depressing now that we have these mafia scum, these traitors in the country pretending to be the government. It's just got a little little rain cloud over everything. But uh, as I speak, we have a never-Trumper right now on MSNBC here in the studio Xanadu. Here's a guy that uh, pretended to be an intellect of the right, but his name used to be Stephen Hayes. But now that he's a never-Trumper, he's changed it. It's Steve Hayes. Next thing you know, Jonah Goldberg will be John Henry. Uh, it's fascinating to watch these scourge wiggle like the roaches they are. Like Frank Lutz the Putz. You remember Frank Lutz. Uh, and certainly you've talked about not... These are good news networks. That's the spokes idiot who's supposed to be uh, managing the interview. Uh, 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 uh. You know, using the language of victimization and framing um, the conversations around Trump. Is there anything else that you would say is a good way forward in terms of the rhetoric on the campaign trail or even the rhetoric in the media around how we cover this? Way to tee it up, you moron. How'd you get the job? Absolutely. And I love the questions you asked me. And I'm sorry that I, I... And my hair is real. I know it looks ridiculous and plastic, but it's real. I actually would want this to be even longer than what it is because they're exactly what I'm trying to get out to the world. So would Number you one, day. imagine. Imagine is the most powerful word in the English language because imagine. whatever I imagine, whatever my hope is for the future, if I yeah. can see it, I can believe it. And so what these idiots are going to get you to do is pay attention to this phony... Marriott show that they pretend is our politics and you're going to love the government just vote for another government pretend this one's a Republican I'm telling you they're not doing themselves a service because some of us remember how corrupt you are Frank Lutz aside from the fact that your hair is plastic Frank Lutz is a pollster in Washington DC who advises the Republican Party his real job is working for Google and promoting Oxycontin in the middle of an opioid epidemic whatever you think of Frank Lutz he's great to live with to share a toothbrush with. We know that because Kevin McCarthy does it. How much does he pay for that? That's a question we had asked because there are, of course, rules in the House about accepting gifts at undermarket prices. Well, we learned that Kevin McCarthy paid $1,500 a month to live in Frank Luntz's apartment. That sounds fine until you learn the apartment is 7,000 square feet and it's a penthouse. How does a pollster afford a 7,000 square foot condominium in the most expensive neighborhood in the country live in? Because he's corrupt. And who was his roommate? Kevin McCarthy. And he had a sweetheart deal where he paid 1500 for a mattress. I wonder if he had to wash his back in the shower. Mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg. Tom, Blue Island. Hey, Sean, happy fourth. So you played the clip earlier. A, a mega dittos on this one. So that fat tub of SHI. Yeah, go. Whatever. He, we're supposed to feel sorry for him because he can't shovel a spoon away from his face. Well, I got some firsthand knowledge with that. If you don't like being called fat, then do something about it. And that guy wants to be in charge of his country and send kids to run to their death when he can't run two feet. Yeah. 
That's exactly right. And now, Tom, people are accused. Oh, he hung up. I was going to take credit for his weight loss. You see, I made fun of Tom at an event, and he's a good-looking guy, big guy, but he let himself go. He started to look like a bowling pin. I said if he had 11 friends around, all with red bow ties, I'd have something to do with my bowling ball. I inspired him to go on a massive diet. Now he comes to the functions. He's got a narrow waist, broad shoulders. I did that by heckling him. Chris Christie, he wants to pretend he's a monument to fatness, and he's representing all the fatties out there. He took aim at your weight. What was your reaction to that? Oh, well, like he's some Adonis? Um, I mean, please. Uh, you know, look. You know, he's got that thing Pritzker has, where there's nothing in their mouth, but there should be by the way they talk. That's the chub. He's got a love handle on his gums. Go ahead, Fatty. Howie, there are tens of millions of Americans out in your audience watching right now who, like me, have struggled with their weight. True. I can t- and they're massively driving up our health care costs. Oh, yes, they are. It turns out diabetes, you can be born with it, and it's tragic when you are. But how, what's the percentage of people that eat their way there? I continue to struggle. I continue to try to do better, um, and so do they. And what's that got to do with my competence for office? Because I... you can't figure out by sticking something in one end, it massively expands the other end, like the Pritzkers and their spouses. Speaking of fat and love handles on your gums, Cream Puff Jim. Oh, yeah, hey, sure, how are you happy for the day? This is not the weather for you, kid. you got to be stinking like Lincoln. you got to smell like six-day-old fish. You know, I tell you, that's a true damn Irish. I can't, if it's 80 degrees, I run for it. I run for it. Oh, yeah. you got to have your Well, if you're in Ireland, if it's 80 degrees in Ireland, nobody comes out of the house. No. But we're in a heat wave There's no doubt about it. London, the Anglos are dying in the heat there in London. Well, i got good news for you. Uh, Biden administration and the Democrats are going to block out the sun like some cartoon. Are you in? Well, Ted Turner years ago, Uh he's he's half step on a program and they're talking about, you know, Ted Turner, you know, talking about business and and he goes, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's getting hotter, isn't it? Isn't it getting hotter? You want to know something, Jim? What do you say we block out the sun? We sew your underpants, Chris Christie's, and Pritzker's together, and we try to run. What do you think about that? Well, you got the, uh, have you ever been to the the museum of, uh, (laughs) of, uh, oh, anyway, it says, uh, it's got, it says the earth will, Eventually, four billion years or so, we'll yeah. go into the into the sun. We'll all be ashes anyway. So you know who said that? Bad. Some con artist who wanted you to the give planet, him twenty dollars so he could make it stop. Planetary. Come on, the planetary. It's in the planetarium in Chicago. The planetarium. Well, Pritzker's bought it. You give enough money, they'll say anything. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. And we are going to have the national anthem at the end of the show today. Oh, beautiful. I'm still mad I got to take tomorrow off. I don't like taking days off. Because it's going to take us every minute of every day to fight back the corruption, the mafia, the Leviathan, that the people seem to accept. It's astonishing to me. The people who suffer from the policies the most, Democrats, they turn a blind eye as one, one bureaucracy has $400 billion 
to redirect, backdoor, nationalize the most important sector of our economy, the energy sector. And they know so little about it. How much electricity does the United States demand each year? Uh, I don't know that number off the top of my head. Okay, it's four terawatts annually. Mm -hmm. So the Secretary of Energy didn't know it. The EPA doesn't know it. FERC probably doesn't know it. Who else doesn't know it in this country? And we're mandating electric vehicles. You guys have no idea how much demand is going to be there. Where is that electricity going to come from? Uh, it come from uh, a, a diverse grid. It's 110 degrees in my hometown today. The wind is not blowing. The sun is shining. And after four hours of darkness, there will be no batteries on this planet that can produce a reliable source of baseload dispatchable power. The greatest renewable energy the world has ever ever given mankind is oil and natural gas. It's a renewable energy source. This other stuff is a money scheme, and Democrats can't figure it out. 400 billion, more people are on welfare, more people are homeless, more people are deriving their sustenance from all kinds of poverty arenas. And we sit idly by as they steal our money and enrich our friends. Well, I guess we're kind of used to that. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says... That's all right. You don't mind. You vote for Democrats. That's why it's time to break the political bands that bind us. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government. You know, it's funny to watch Kevin Spacey be attacked. What did he do? Why isn't he celebrated? Isn't he part of the LGBTQ community? What the hell is going on with Kevin Spacey? Or... Is it because he was on a show that exposed just how corrupt our government is called House of Cards? I think it's that one. Oh, I do. And then somebody could explain to me how Pete Buttigieg got his job without invoking Kamala Harris. Ron DeSantis's campaign tweeted a video attacking President Trump for his past support for LGBTQ Americans. Do you know what they did there? Ron DeSantis's campaign didn't produce the video. They simply tweeted it. And now it gives them fodder to attack the campaign as homophobic. I, I, how many uh, Chicago aldermen retweet Che Guevara, who murdered tens of thousands of Cubans, as an alternative philosophy to Americanism? Want to see how it works? Because they're supported by morons. Uh, Al in Wisconsin, you got about 45 seconds. Okay, here's how to deal blow to the college camp. Go on strike. Maybe 15, 20% of the young people who are going to school, going to death, be brainwashed. And no thanks, I'm done. Go put the hurt on them. You know what, Al? If these kids could pay attention, they'd do something like go into heating and air. They'd do something like go into some of the luxury these idiots who call themselves Democrats are willing to give up. That'll be the next boom that'll save this economy. See, they're not progressives. They're regressives. This is the controlled demolition of our economy. Joe Biden is a bribed asset of the Communist Party and the oligarchs who get our foreign policy and the eco-Nazi who get $400 billion and nobody cares why. And they run up ideas like we're going to block out the sun like it was some sort of moron Simpsons episode. It's outrageous. But we're going to win in the end. We absolutely are. How much time I got, Squirrel? I want to say I, I got none. I got no time. All right. I want to say happy Independence Day. Celebrate the principles, the ideology of liberty and freedom. Reject the mafia Marxists. Stay away from Democrats, in other words. And if you see them in a parade, moon them. All right, Squirrel, play the national anthem.
the U.S. Army Field Band. Those are the warriors that fight the wars started and profited by the cowards called politicians. Have a good Independence Day. Reject the mafia. I'll be back on Hump Day, Harris, Wednesday. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.